and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Writers Toolshed. I'm your host Richie Redding and today we've got the first episode in a two-series installment all about magic systems. It's not something that we've really covered on the show before but it's such a huge part of fantasy that it's a bit criminal that we haven't so it's time to change that and to help me I'll be joined by Yanina Arndt and Lucy Atkinson from the Faith Fellows podcast. Before we get to that, though, if you haven't subscribed or followed the show, be sure to do so so you don't miss any new episodes when they come out. If you're liking our episodes, a quick rating on the Spotify mobile app or a review on iTunes goes a long way in helping us reach new people and climb those leaderboards so that even more people can find us. So if you have left a review or a rating, thank you very much. It really does mean a lot. A quick share on social media or with anyone who you think may be interested in the show is also massively useful. So thank you very much if you are a regular sharer of our episodes. It really does mean an awful lot. If you'd like to take your learning beyond what you're listening to here, then join our Discord community. It's completely free to join and it's home to hundreds of writers all working hard and enthusiastic in their pursuit of publication and getting their stories and novels out there. We've also got regular writing groups which have formed out of that community. So if you're looking to join a group that meets maybe once or twice a month, then this is the place to find writers like you. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page. It's the perfect place to find lots of fantasy writing specific tools like classes, books, interviews, guides and much, much more. To find out about anything I've just mentioned there, just check the links in the description. And now it's time to take a look at magic systems. And in this first part, we're going to look at the two main types of systems, hard magic and soft magic. And to help me do that, here's Yanina and Lucy from the Faith Fellows podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by Yanina Arndt and Lucy Atkinson from the Faith Fellows podcast. How's it going? Are you having a good evening? Yeah, pretty good. Nice one. Thanks very much for coming back. We're going to talk about magic systems, something that hasn't really featured that much on the podcast so far. Uh, to be totally honest, I'm not a massive user of magic and stories. I don't know about you two. I'm kind of in the, in the like magic it's talked about, but it doesn't exist kind of a thing because I'm working in historical fiction at the minute. Yeah. Nice sort of flirting with the idea. What about you, Yanina? I've just explained my magic system in my novel about halfway through. Um, so it was a soft magic system to start with. Nobody knew what was going on. And then um, it suddenly turned into this is how the magic system works. Um, yeah with like the sort of Gandalf mental figure explaining how magic works. Um, yes. So then it turned into a hard magic system and that sort of transition <laughs> cost me about a year of work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy with it now. <laughs> oh, nice. You mentioned a few interesting phrases there, hard and soft magic, so I'm going to go on into them in a little bit, but I can I completely get what you mean there when you say about like that transition from soft to hard magic because... That's what I'm sort of doing in my story now, where mm-hmm. like magic is a thing in the world, but it's it was lost like in time, mm-hmm. and the bad guys in the story have found a way to sort of bring it back, and uh, it's from the perspective of just like ordinary people, and they've got no idea 
absolutely no fucking clue what magic <laughs> is. So it was quite interesting writing the, the discovery of that and how that jars with your sort of understanding of the world. Yeah, yeah. And then I haven't really defined it as such because it's sort of like a, it's in the rekindling phase of, of the sort of magic uh, coming back to into sort of society. So you don't, I don't really want to define it though. And I think that's what we're going to discuss, isn't it? So I think let's start with hard magic. Who wants to take a, a swing at the definition of a hard magic system? I, I just actually um, had a had a debate um, with my partner about that, who's a, a dungeon master himself. So Dungeons and Dragons, for example, would be an, an example of a hard magic system because the players uh, have to know how magic works, what the limitations are, um, how they can use spells, what components are um, necessary to cast a spell, what effects the spell has, and so on and so forth. So there is some debate whether the hard magic system has to be logical to the player, reader, um, viewer, whatever, the audience, or whether it also has to be somewhat like, you know, I don't want to say scientifically explained, but like, you know, be completely fully sort of constructed so it it, it sits in that world um, with no questions being there and it, it works pretty much as closely as we can explain science. Um, but it's probably the main thing is that um, a hard magic system is is understood by the audience as to what like how it works what the limitations are and um they could imagine like they could actively imagine like i would have to do this in order to cause this effect in that world yeah brilliant definition there you know like you say it's it's like a well-defined system isn't it you, the reader can understand the rules and the limitations the possibilities like i suppose it's one of them where you, you wouldn't have a scene where all of a sudden this character whips out a, a staff and blows up half the army or something like that. It would jar because it doesn't fit with yeah. the the understanding of, of the magic system that's come before that. So I suppose you could get away with it in a, a softer system where you don't have to explain as much. But I I, I often find, I don't know what, what you, you do think, you tend to find like harder magic systems in stories where magic plays more of a central role. Definitely. I think that's also like it's necessary to like to see how, how important magic is before you decide what sort of magic system you go for. Um because if magic really isn't that important in your story, it's like, you know, like a sci-fi info dump if you suddenly have a, a lengthy description of how magic works when it doesn't add anything to the plot. So like I know there's this this um you know somewhat of of a prejudice against soft magic systems like you know the writer didn't didn't bother enough to like flesh it out and make it make sense and all that but I think it just depends what you need it for basically and I think like well you, you're right you, you you know if you've got a soft magic system and you've got um you know a, a wizard who can just use a staff and suddenly back decides the battle that works because like we don't know how it happened but i feel like actually you can get more payoff 
with a hard magic system if like if everything makes sense and then you have a big gesture like that and it makes sense within the system that is much more powerful yeah exactly what do you think lady doesn't sam doesn't say something too when he like laid out the soft and hard magic that as well as being like how well we understand the magic system it's also kind of to do with who the magic system is being used by so it makes sense to have a softer magic system if your protagonist is not using magic because then they wouldn't understand how the magic worked to a certain degree mm-hmm. whereas if your protagonist is casting spells and doesn't know how the spells are being cast then it becomes a bigger thing so we tend to see hard magic too in in novels that have the main characters using magic yeah that's a really great point that I suppose, like you say, if if a character is like a priest, then religion's obviously going to be a big part of their life. If they're a wizard or a witch, then magic's going to be a big part of their life. So it's just naturally going to take more of a central role. So I think that's a really great way to look at it. So if you're not sure about whether to go for like a hard magic system or a soft magic system, it's looking at the characters, seeing what's important to them. So have you got any, you mentioned Brandon Sanderson. Have you, either of you read Mistborn? I'd say that's a bit of a hard magic system. I, I've tried to, I've started them, but there's a lot of books. So yeah. I'm getting through it. <laughs> yeah. What did you think of the uh, the burning metal superhuman ability mm, magic system? I can I get along with Sanderson's like system and way of explaining things quite well. I don't have a lot of criticisms on it. I know that some people are, like think it's a little bit cliche or too far, but I, I get on quite well with, with Samson's system. I think it's all quite well explained and in a way that doesn't feel like, you know, like we're constantly getting exposition all the time. Yeah. Have you read it, Yanina? Ms. Paul? No, no, no. Not going so to that. If anyone else listening hasn't read it either, basically this magic system, it involves... I can't remember now if it's certain people have the ability to burn metals that they ingest. And these are quite rare and precious metals and different ones, different types of metals uh, can have different effects or give you different powers as far as I can remember. Is that right, Lucy? That sounds, sounds right from what I know. <laughs> sounds about right, yeah. Something um, like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, it's obviously limited because once once the person's like, burn the metal then it's gone and there are only so many uh bits of metal available in the world so yeah that's uh, quite an interesting limitation on it and i think they spin it don't they by i think in the, the thrust of misborn is that they find this new type of metal which gives some super abilities and that is quite rare so that was uh, an interesting addition to the uh to the magic system uh i've either of you read the King Killer Chronicle by Patrick Rothfuss. No, but I did. Um, it is on my list. I'd very much like to. I love Patrick mm. Rothfuss. I've seen a couple of his um, talks. Oh, nice. Have you read it, Yanina? Nope. But it oh. is on my list also. <laughs> <laughs> on the list. Everyone's TBR. Um, yeah, I've read it a while ago now. Um, but that had a really good hard magic system. I think it was based, as far as I can remember, on a person's understanding of the true names of things and oh yeah use... a bit like aragon i suppose yeah i think mm-hmm. it is like that but like I, I don't think i got 
I think I only read the first book actually. So they didn't really get into the magic, but I understand it gets quite the rules become a lot clearer as it goes on. And that's just as the character becomes more magically adept, I suppose, and he, he gets more experience and learns more about it. So that's a really natural way of expanding upon, like you're talking about that transition before, so going from like a, a soft magic system to like a hard magic system. Yeah, absolutely. Like using magic as a as a mystery very much. I yeah. I that's that's what I liked as well about um well, I mean, you know, don't want to talk too much about Harry Potter these days, but like it does use <laughs> like certain elements of magic as like you find out about them and about how they work later on in the book and that explains things then. Um, but it's part of the mystery and part of the like very much like like a crime novel, the the structure. Um and then magic is used to explain um how certain things went. Um and I quite I quite like that way of like explaining magic through that because it intrigues the reader as well as not like info dumping. Yeah. Have you either you read any books that uh, any particularly favourite books that have used hard magic systems? Yeah, I mean I've I've started on after watching um, Shadow and Bone. I did start on the Brishaverse. A bit disappointed, like everyone. Um, oh really? I've not read it. Yeah, well, um, so the thing is that the the Netflix series is more of an ensemble cast, and they've they've um, adapted it. Um, yeah, they put a few different stories together, didn't they? I know. Yeah, the, exactly. uh, this was a gangster. For a lot older mm. people. Um, yeah. Than the books originally were, and the books are a bit of a you know teenage romance, and that you know oh, not, yeah. <laughs> not my first go to at the minute. Um, uh, but that uses arguably a hard um, magic system because there are different. Um, kinds of like it's elemental magic i think that's that's another um kind of magic that's important to mention obviously when you you know um when you stumble upon magic uh, hard and soft doesn't have to be the only distinction you've obviously got elemental magic you've got spells and um there's rituals and you know all sorts and that is sort of based upon um like an innate ability of the magic user to manipulate a certain element around them yeah like physically basically um like they can rearrange the molecules in the air to cause wind <laughs> and you understand that in the in the books you understand how that um comes about basically um although it's not like you know you, you can argue about that again because like it's not it's not that much detail you know yeah um, about how how that actually like comes about it's more sort of well they can influence air they can influence blood these people can influence fire you know in some ways um but like it's a it's you know it is somewhat explained that they that they channel um an element that they're innately connected to yeah mm. yeah i've um Something else that I always, I always like this quote. I think it was, I can't remember if it was one of his lectures now, but Brandon Sanderson, he said that um, he he likes his hard magic systems to have costs for the user. And I think mm -hmm. that's a really good um, limitation to put on things. And it always reminds me of this series of books by James Barclay called Chronicles of the Raven. And the people who use magic, they would have, they would get like physically fatigued. So they'd have to, 
recharge and meditate or i think they used to do things like put the hands in the in the, the earth so that they could sort of draw energy from living things around them to sort of restore so I, that's a really cool lim- limitation i think so thinking that the, the what the cost of magic is and it has on the user yeah absolutely have either of you read anything by brent week because I, I have a lot of people i've not read it myself but I, the lightbringer series apparently has got a really brilliant magic system which is based on the manipulation of light and different u- users can um use different colors to do all different kinds of things and i think it's quite scientific as well but what i found a quite interesting quote and um, finally he says the more constraints that you put on a magic system the more interesting it becomes and uh i quite like that because mm. it sort of ties in with the idea of just creating conflict in your story so yeah um absolutely gives you gives you some good options for plot points as well yeah i guess i went completely blank but I, it's kind of a middle one one that i would have been reading recently is the wheel of time Oh, yeah. Which in the first book, at the very least, seems like a very soft magic system, but I'm told starts to get a little bit more set in stone as the books go on. I've only just read the first book, but that has quite a similar thing where it's not the limitation is not necessarily on like how the magic can be used or the cost of the magic, but more so like who can use the magic. And if the yeah. wrong people try and use it, then there's consequences for that. So there becomes a kind of dynamic of like consequences for trying to take power that is not power that you're supposed to take, kind of a thing. Nice. Those are four kinds. Of interesting questions, that isn't it? <laughs> so, what's, that's what do you think about uh, the other side of the coin and soft magic? Lucy, go on. Do you want to give us a definition of what soft magic is? So soft magic, I guess, is just the opposite of what hard magic is. It's kind of flimsy. It's kind of non-defined. Um, the rules of the magic are not clearly laid out. So we we maybe know that it exists and we maybe know what it can do, but we don't know where maybe it comes from or we don't know the limitations of it or what it costs or any of those kind of things. It's a magic system that we as a reader don't have to or are not supposed to understand, I suppose, as far as I see it. Yeah, definitely. I always found it quite mysterious. Mm. Um, and like we say, there's there's that element of unpredictability, so you can get that wizard who just whips out the stuff and saves the day <laughs> with a quick yeah. quick spell. <laughs> and sometimes I think, particularly in certain kinds of fantasy, you can get them sort of cliche endings where oh, the magic is the tool that solves all the pro- pro- plot problems. Mm. Oh, let's just invent a spell to get out of this mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely that is yeah. definitely the danger with with a soft magic system i think yeah because um, you can just literally turn around and say fuck it it's just magic you know what i mean yeah. you don't have to explain it it's yeah. fantasy <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i'm in the right genre <laughs> yeah yeah I and the first that... thing that actually came to my mind was um which isn't magic or fantasy but was the sonic screwdriver because I was like, they just, and Doctor Who, they just use it for whatever purpose they need in the story. Yeah. Just unlocks any door, basically. Um, and, like, it's never been defined what it can do. Yeah. So, yeah, things like that to achieve in the story of it. And I think what we're, what we're trying to discuss here is sort of maybe lazier examples of magic systems, which is 
the the danger when you go for like a soft magic approach, I think. But yeah. at the same time, you can you can make a, a soft magic system really interesting, like you say, mysterious and intriguing for people, can't you? Yeah. I think and especially if it's brilliant. not like the center of the of the story. Yeah. Um, you know, then like having little um little bits of information fed in that that can be really really interesting i think when you do the soft magic approach if this obviously if the characters aren't really engaging with the magic but the magic is there simmering in the background and it's existing and other people are interacting with it i think that can really help bring your world to life if you're trying to enhance your world building Mm, absolutely i think it still like can help if you know what's going on even if you're not revealing it (laughs) Yeah. To an extent, um, I would say on that front, because then that prevents you from suddenly, you know, having the having the wizard save the day sort of thing. I know, I know. What would you think would be the things to avoid then or to be mindful of when you go on for a soft magic system? Well, apart from that one. Um, yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the Teos Ex Machina. I think one of the things as well as, um so what like important examples obviously would um include um both narnia and um middle earth um and like i think the the problem that i've got with middle earth if you so wish is that like you've not really got that much background at all on the main antagonist yeah <laughs> um, so and like if the if the you you sort of get a glimpse of the powers of the ring to an extent, but like um, you don't really. For example, it's never really explained how the ring would um, give like power to Sauron. Um, yeah, that's true. Really that. All you, you know? see him at the start is just like swinging his mace. Yeah, and uh, about a dozen fellas fly off into the air. So. Is it like a super strength ring? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's like, it is somewhat used conveniently for story purposes, like, oh, well, now Frodo's corrupted. Um, now, you know, Gollum is corrupted, um, you know, or, or Boromir. It's like, but like, we don't really, um, we don't really know why, it, like it, or like how it really corrupts them. And that I think, um, I would have found that personally. I would have found that very interesting how it does that, and then why it would have had a different effect on Sauron, as in giving him power rather than because all we can see it doing is taking power away from people, is is people being consumed by it, really. Um, yeah, I always so, always yeah. understood it as um, the the ring containing Sauron's soul or something along them lines, and. He needed to reclaim it to come back to Earth, or I don't know. Yeah, like you say, it's never really explained. I I just assume that I don't know where I got that from. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the thing, though. When your reader can make assumptions that make sense to them, it's fine. But when the thing that the soft magic kind of creates is like the pivotal central focus of the novel that's when it becomes a problem if like every five seconds we're being like it's about the ring it's about the ring it's all about the ring but we don't know what the ring does or how it got there or where it's from or what's going on with it not that i'm saying that is the situation in lord of the rings 
that's when it becomes a problem and you're like, I I don't even count. How, how do you expect me as a reader to care about this when I don't know anything about it? That's yeah. when it becomes a problem, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think a good example, Game of Thrones, the TV series, the whole hold hold door thing, hold hold the door, hold mm-hmm. door thing. And the uh, the time traveling. Oh yeah. Well, that was just like one episode and ne- never bothers to go back to that one. Mm. so that for me was like ah this is a a frustrating soft magic approach yeah i think consistency is key that's that's the the whole thing even if it is soft it needs to be somewhat consistent and not like look like convenient storytelling yeah i I don't know yeah that that really was annoying like the whole we we never find that anything else about brand really i'm sure the books are going to be different but yeah what did you guys think did you not I like that approach. Yeah, it's it's frustratingly that's the problem with Game of Thrones. It's not consistent in its magic system because sometimes I think the way they do the like little bits of magic, the stuff that comes from the deities, the stuff with Daenerys and the prophecies, that's all kind of sensible and it's quite yeah. even though we don't understand the mechanics of it, we it's still like there's enough mystery and also enough that we know for it to be interesting. But yeah. With the stuff with the time travel and that kind of stuff, it's like, where are we going here? And we never, yeah. really that is frustrating. I know, like you say, no, that that early part with the Daenerys and the dragons, that was fantastic for me. That's the kind of level of magic I like. It's not mm. getting too too uh, intricate beyond there. You know what I mean? It's, you don't have to think too much about it. You can just enjoy it, enjoy yeah. the magic of it. Yeah, definitely. the more you define it, the less magical it becomes, arguably. Uh, I think Tolkien said magic is mysterious and mystical and in itself is a sense of wonder. So, yeah, yeah I think that's that's my approach to magic. Like George R. R. and apparently he said he doesn't like to define magic and again, he thinks it's like a thing of wonder and beauty and it can play a big part in stories, can't it? Like that sort of draws readers deeper and makes them want to uncover what it, how it works. And But... To achieve that, you've got to avoid the magic, but the crazy magic that jars with people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, something I wanted to ask you before we finish was how was like looking for ways essentially to create conflict with magic because I don't know, I just love conflict and stories, and I'm always trying to find ways to inject it. And we've covered a few interesting things, particularly with hard magic, about putting costs and limitations in. But I was just wondering what your thoughts were on like the effects of like magic on wider society. So like how would say non-magic users view magic and their interactions with magic users? What do you think about that? There's a really interesting dynamic to set up there, isn't there? Because magic on the one hand makes everything so much easier. So it sets up that dichotomy of like the people who have it and the people who don't and that can become that kind of like in thing maybe harbor jealousy or fear out of those things that like other people can't do but i think that the other limitation of it too is like there's an emotional cost to that if you can get everything you want with a click of your fingers do you eventually realize i don't actually want that that's not what i want it's too easy because sometimes the work working for something is the benefit so there's that kind of thing that you can play around with magic too i think yeah i always think it's quite interesting when you've got like religion which is are based on faith and like things like miracles and believing that these things are possible and then you've got magic which 
in in other definitions would be like a miracle, like doing doing miraculous things, and how that sort of jars them to sort of beliefs. So, yeah, religion always plays an interesting role when there's a magic system for me. And yeah, I think Game of Thrones sort of tackles it a little bit, doesn't it? But it's I don't think really the religious side really interacts with the magical one, does it? I mean, I suppose in in D and D, for example, it's it's more or less it works quite similarly. So, and then you've got um, you've got warlocks as well who um, channel their like who get their powers from demons and demon overlords and such. Um, so, and they're generally like regarded as you know a type of of magic user. I think that that's quite close in there, um, but it it depends on the on the universe that you're in. Yeah, no, totally. So thanks very much. I think that's a good place to to stop there. This is going to be the first in a little duology on magic systems, and um, we're going to uh, look next time at some specific examples, particularly witchcraft, which uh, Lucy is a real expert in. And uh, we're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons and magic systems in there. And then looking at how to create your own magic system too. So uh, be sure to follow and subscribe and uh, you won't miss that episode when it comes out. All right, thanks very much, uh, Lucy and Yanina. Anyway, so um, tell us how we can find out more about you and the Faith Fellows podcast. Yeah, so um, we're everywhere you can find podcasts, really, um, as Faith Fellows Podcast. Um, and we are also Faith Fellows Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And we are Faith Fellows on Twitter. So. Nice. Very good. The links for everything will be in the description. Yeah, thank you very much again, uh, ladies. And yeah, we'll see you again next time. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Lucy and Yanina, for giving up your time to chat all about magic systems. Hard and soft magic is a really interesting area of discussion. By looking at this aspect of the topic, you gain a real insight into the variety of magic systems that you can produce. And it's important to remember that hard magic and soft magic are just two ends of the spectrum. You've got all that space in between to have fun with and experiment. And it's there that you can find your truly unique and original ideas. If you don't want to miss the second part of our mini-series on magic systems, then be sure to subscribe and follow. The next episode is out later this month, and in it we'll be talking all about creating your own systems. So more, lots more practical advice to come there. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a quick rating on the Spotify mobile app or a quick review on iTunes. A share on social media or with anyone who you think may be interested goes a long way too. So thank you very much if you do that. And if you'd like to join our writing community to discuss your new magic systems, maybe click the link in the description to join our Discord server. We have hundreds of people and lots of individual weekly and bi-weekly writing groups that have all formed. Lots of people getting lots of great help. So if you want to get involved with other writers to help take your writing to that next level, then click on the link in the description to join our community. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page if you're looking to get access to writing classes and communities and interviews and guides that you can't find anywhere else. That's the place to take a look. And again, the link for that is in the description. And that is about all for today. Thank you very much for listening. 
Like I said, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode on magic systems. And until then, keep on scribbling. <laughs>